Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges, and this is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we are studying the Bible. We're working our way through the Gospel of John. Today is episode 90, and we're looking at John chapter 4, verses 7 through 15. This is the story of Jesus' encounter with the woman at the well. We started chapter 4 last time, and Jesus had traveled into Samaria. He came to the town of Sychar and was there at Jacob's well. So let's read the passage, John chapter 4, 7 through 15. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Give me a drink, Jesus said to her, because his disciples had gone into town to buy food. How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman, she asked him, for Jews did not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered, If you knew the gift of God, and who is asking to you, give me a drink, you would ask him, and he would give you living water. Sir, said the woman, you don't even have a bucket, and the well is deep, so where are you getting this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? He gave us the well and drank from it, himself, as did his sons and livestock. Jesus said, everyone who drinks from this water will get thirsty again. But whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never get thirsty again. In fact, the water I will give him will become a well of water, springing up in him for eternal life. Sir, the woman said to him, give me this water so I won't get thirsty and come here to draw water. Well, Jesus has this encounter with this woman. He's traveled into Samaria. He could have gone around Samaria, but he chose to travel through Samaria and knowing he would encounter Samaritans. Well, he waits at the well because he's tired and thirsty, and his disciples go into town to get food. And this woman comes along, and Jesus says to her, give me a drink, and she is surprised. Now, this woman, we'll find out more about her in the the next couple of times, but she is the exact opposite of Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a Jew. She is a Samaritan. Nicodemus, a man. This woman is a a woman. Nicodemus was very esteemed in society, very uh, high-placed in society. This woman is obviously of a lower class, probably uneducated, and as all women were, but Nicodemus was very highly educated. Nicodemus was uh, ritually pure, where this woman is ritually unpure. In fact, the uh, Jewish Mishnah, the, some of the oral traditions, said that a Samaritan woman is in a continuous state of ritual uncleanliness. That's how the, the Jewish people looked at the Samaritans. So one, Jewish men do not speak to women, even their wives in public. Men and women just do not associate with each other. So for Jesus to speak to a woman is an issue. Additionally, she's a Samaritan, and we talked last time about the the issues between the Jews and Samaritans. There's just general discomfort between the two. Now, obviously, the disciples had gone into town to buy food, so they could have dealings, and they could, but they just didn't really associate much with one another. So, Jesus is hanging out at the well. This woman comes along, and Jesus asks her for a drink, and obviously implying that he would drink from her utensil. 
Ooh, yuck. To drink from a Samaritan's utensil? Well, that would be very scandalous. So she's shocked by this and says, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? And then John adds the little parenthetical statement, For Jews do not associate with Samaritans, in case you didn't know. Jesus answered, If you knew the gift of God, and who is asking you, give me a drink, you would ask him, and he would give you living water. Now Jesus gives her this this statement, and it's much like with Nicodemus, where he said, you must be born again. And Nicodemus was all caught up in being born, and how can he be born again? But Jesus is speaking at a different level. And He's doing the same thing with the Samaritan woman that he says, if you do who was talking to you, and if he knew who was asking you for a drink, you'd be asking him for living water. Now, living water has a a couple of meanings. In, In the common usage, living water meant flowing water. If you just get water out of a well, unless it's spring fed, it's it's just water. It's you know stale water that's out of a hole in the ground. But flowing water is much fresher. Flowing water, running water, water in a flowing stream is, is just better. Also used more for ritual purification. Because the idea, it can clean you. You're not just dunking in a bucket. You're being washed by uh, water that's continuously being renewed. So that's why uh, flowing water is referred to as living water. It is better. But there's another meaning. Just as Jesus was, when he was talking about being born again with Nicodemus, he wasn't referring to being physically born again. He was talking about being spiritually born. So when Jesus uses the term living water, he's obviously speaking at a spiritual level also. And this is a technique that that John picks up here, this, this dual meaning of things, to speak of something that's common, but have a, a a spiritual meaning to it also. So it, later in the Gospel of John, in chapter 7, verses 38 and 39, Jesus says, The one who believes in me, as the scripture has said, will have streams of living water flow from deep within him. This is very similar to what he's saying here, this streams of living water. But in verse 39, John adds, He said this about the Spirit Those who believed in Jesus were going to receive the Spirit, for the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. So John tells us in chapter 7, living water means Holy Spirit. We don't know that at this point, but we will later. So Jesus is using a a spiritual language as, as the dual meaning. Well, she understands flowing water. In verse 11, she says, Sir, said the woman, You don't even have a bucket. The well is deep. So where do you get this living water? Well, you're not going to get it out of this well. But even if you could, you can't because you don't have a bucket. And the well is like 135 feet deep. How are you going to get water out of it? And she adds, you aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? He gave us the well and drank from it himself as did his sons and livestock. This is the area that Jacob had lived in at one time before the establishment of of the nation of Israel. In verse 13, Jesus says, Everyone who drinks from this water will get thirsty again. 
But whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never get thirsty again. In fact, the water that I give him will become a well of water springing up in him for eternal life. That's the same language he uses in chapter 7 where he says, Whoever believes in me will have streams of living water flow from deep within him. Now he adds the idea of eternal life. You drink physical water from the physical well to satisfy your physical thirst, but you will get thirsty again. But spiritually, if you drink from the spiritual water, you will never get spiritually thirsty again. And in fact, you'll become a well of water springing up within for eternal life. So this is the spiritual meaning. There's a a little play on words here. In verse 13, Jesus says, everyone who drinks from this water. Now the drink here is, uh, it's a present participle, meaning to continually drink. But then in verse 14, but whoever drinks from the water that I will give him, drink here, same word, but just a different uh, verb conjugation, is a uh, aorist subjunctive, which essentially means to drink once and for all. So it translates to drinks both ways, but there's a, a little different nuance. So whoever keeps drinking from this physical water will keep getting thirsty physically. But whoever drinks one time from this spiritual water will never get spiritually thirsty again. Well, this sounds like a good deal. She says, sir, give me this water so I won't get thirsty and come here to draw water. She missed the eternal life part. She missed it. Just as Nicodemus was missing the whole idea of being born again. And that's where Jesus uses these dual meanings. He uses the common language but he has a a higher spiritual meaning to it. So, some things here. Uh, Jesus has crossed cultural barriers to proclaim the message of eternal life in a, a different culture. He's crossed gender barriers. He's crossed social barriers. He's he's crossing a lot of barriers. That's an example that the the gospel has no barriers, and it's up to us to cross all the various barriers we encounter with the gospel. He will uh, continue in this discussion with her and uh, get her to recognize the the reality of what he's saying. But the the contrast with this episode and Nicodemus is, is interesting. They are such incredibly different people, but Jesus uses the same kind of encounter with them to talk about something common, but apply a spiritual meaning. And even though Nicodemus was so much more well-educated, so theologically deep, he didn't get it either. But Jesus will keep working with this lady to bring her to the truth next time. So join me next time as we continue working through the Gospel of John.